0: Hello and welcome to News Laundry Interviews. I am Chitranshu and before I introduce our guest, a quick context for the conversation. Last year, around April, Guardian published a series of articles about Facebook's failure to combat fake engagement. The series was possible because Sophie Zhang, a data scientist who worked for Facebook for two and a half years, became a whistleblower. As part of the fake engagement team, Zhang worked on inauthentic content, that is fake likes, fake comments, etc., because Zang flagged inauthentic content linked to Indian political parties, she offered to testify before the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Communication and IT. In fact, Shashi Tharoor, who heads the committee, had sought permission from the Lok Sabha Speaker for Zhang's deposition. Parliamentary rules require that testimony by a foreign national needs the approval of the speaker. It's been six months since the committee voted unanimously to invite Zhang. Now, Zhang has decided to share the documentation of her work on India with Indian reporters and news organizations, including News Laundry. Thank you so much, Sophie, for taking out the time and speaking with News Laundry.
1: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to speak with yourself and the Indian people. Um,
0: So first off, it's been six months since you offered to testify before the Parliamentary Committee on Communications and IT. Um, Could you just tell our viewers what has your communication been with the Standing Committee and why is it that you have decided to share the documentation on your work with the Indian media?
1: So just to be clear, I offered to testify to to the Indian to the parliamentary to Par, Indian Parliament and Lok Sabha back when I came forward more than a year ago. But no one in India was paying attention. Then they were completely understandably distracted by the by the massive tragedy of the of the COVID epidemic at the time. And, and 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 so it was perhaps nine months ago in the fall of in, in the fall of last year uh, that I reiterated my offer to testify, and the Lok sapai expressed interest. And I understand that my actual communications with the Lok are legally required to remain private under parliamentary privilege. But I I, off, I but I certainly offered them my testimony, and they offered them detailed documentation. And it has been publicly reported that they accepted that documentation and examined it and it has been publicly reported that they voted unanimously according to the hindu stand times and the hindu to invite imbi- to invite me to testify which i'm sure must have been very difficult there are very few, few few political issues i'm sure in india that you can find the agreement of both the bjp and the congress on these days and so Anyways, it has been six months since they voted to invite me to testify because you see, I am a foreigner. I am not an Indian citizen. And so my testimony has to be subject to approval by the Honorable Speaker of the Lok Sabha. And for the past six months, he has resolutely refused to reply or even acknowledge the request. In all of India, there is only one public official that I am aware of who, who has opposed my testimony and that it's honorable speaker. And he has chosen to do this without even an explanation, even any acknowledgement and no accountability at all. And so when, and, and I have tried to be patient, but but when, when someone ignores your requests past, past to the point of reason, then it is reasonable to refuse, to recognize that refusal as an answer in of itself. 13 months is not enough for anyone to give a simple yes or no answer. I, I I have I have not been eager to give my documentation forward. I, 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 could, I could have done so two two years ago, more than two years ago at this point, but I believed that it was very, very important for me to try and work within the system um, to, to try and resolve matters before escalating it further. First at Facebook, I tried. To, I tried working with Facebook leadership to escalate the issues. When that did not work, I appealed to Facebook employees in my now infamous farewell memo. When that did not work, I came forward publicly as a whistleblower and told and told my story to the media. When that did not work, I worked with the docs. I worked with the docs offering them my detailed documentation and and, and my and document and documentary evidence and testimony and. And, and I want to be clear that the Lok Sabha itself was eager to, 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 to consider these questions, but the speaker single-handedly blocked their interest. And so now that that has failed, I, am, I have resorted to the final arbiter, the, Indi- the Indian people themselves. I did not want to take this step earlier because I believed that due to my great deep, deep and abiding respect for India's laws and institutions, it was important for me to try and give the Lok Sabha a chance. They are the, after all, the elected guardians of the of the Indian people. They they have a better claim than anyone to represent India and her and her people and democracy. It. Imagine, imagine if if every time someone were ever a crime, they went to the news media rather than speaking, the, rather than speaking to the police without even giving the police a chance. This would be no way to run a country. And so I, and so I believe that it was important for me to try to give the dog, to give Facebook a chance first, then to give the dogs a, a chance. And each time it failed, I escalated one step further. And I suppose I am still updating today.
0: Correct. So this is this is in many ways is the last resort. And uh, Sophie, just so uh, for on Information. This is the same documentation that you had shared with Guardian a year back, right? When you first became, uh, went public as a whistleblower. So these are the same sets of documents.
1: Uh, yes, this is this is the same documentation I gave, I shared with the Guardian uh, more more than uh, more, more a year and a half a year and a half ago. The Guardian did not publish this documentation, and also of course there was more documentation than my work with on India that the Guardian. That was served with the goat in. and 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 the and the documentation was not annotated or such at the time i had not yet learned how to redact and annotate documents at that point i learned it just for I learned just for india so <laughs> i did not have a publicist or team or anything you see so i have had to do everything on my own whether it's redacting documents with speaking to the press or arranging or arranging the, 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 the dozens of indian news outlets and i am not i am now much much more cognizant of the reasons why people have publicists.
0: Correct. Correct. Okay. So, Sophie, between um, November 2019 to February or March 2020, you reported and flagged on multiple inauthentic networks, right? And some of these were pro-BJP, some of these were pro-UP, some pro-Congress. Could you tell us what exactly was the nature of fake engagement in these networks uh, or these inauthentic accounts?
1: Absolutely. So, 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 what I found were five different networks of fake accounts. These these appeared to be run by manual by by ma- manually rather rather than by, by computer scripts. And so and, and so I am referring them to them as IT cells for 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 those to be more familiar in Indian common parlance. I found five across the political spectrum. Two were supporting the Congress, two were supporting the BJP, and one supporting the app. So these were all across the political spectrum. And, and, and they also they also came across at at the several month period when I initially raised them in at in November and the start of December of 2019. I I had only found I had only found three, two supporting the Congress and one supporting the BJP. Over the course of the next several months, I discovered two more when supporting the. BJP in Kashambi, the one personally linked to the, to, to the member of Congress. Um, sorry, member of parliament. Congress means something different in India, I forgot. <laughs> and, and one that was supporting the, the app in Delhi. And, and, and so um, to, to give an illustrative example of what, of what the, these were doing, I'm going to describe in detail the, the pro-app network in Delhi, which was perhaps the most complicated and sophisticated when we effort behind it. And so this was a network of perhaps five hundred to a thousand fake accounts. I am imprecise about the number because we took the fake accounts down and then they came back with more fake accounts. So the total number taken down was a bit over a thousand, but they were never more than five hundred at a single time. And so these were active prior to the Dundee elections. Dundee, of course, had 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 state assembly elections on, I believe, February eighth of twenty twenty. In which the app defeated the BJP. And so these fake accounts were supporting the app in the lead up to that election. They began, they began work on, on January 16th of 2020, as far as I could tell. I discovered them on January 19th of 2020. And, 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 I, and I want to be clear for to pause here for a moment and be clear. I'm saying that these were supporting the app. I don't say that they were run by the app, because in most cases, we do not know who is actually behind them we only know who is benefiting. So what, what what it was doing was very unusual and surprising to myself at the time, but it made sense as soon as I saw it. And because what it was doing was, it was trying to convince people People who supported the BJP to vote for the app, and it was doing so by cre- having fake accounts pretend to be BJP supporters in the first place. That is, they these they were hundreds of fake accounts that were pre-trained themselves as BJP supporters who were voluntarily choosing to vote for the app in the Delhi elections because they believed it was compatible with their BJP political principles and ideals. I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase a, a quote now. This is from memory; it's not an exact quote. But for instance. Some someone might say, "I voted for Narendra Modi to clean up corruption in India. Now I'm voting for Arvind Kudrov to clean up corruption in Delhi." And, and so, so it was this sort of it was this sort of argument repeated over and over again in, in the political pages, discussion forums, especially those supporting the BJP in Delhi in the lead to the elections. And this was very clever because most Indians, most people are, are, are more reluctant to, to listen to those who are opposed to their views. If you are a strong partisan of Rahul Gandhi, you will be reluctant and skeptical to listen to what someone who supports Modi might say and vice versa, but 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 the nature of fake accounts is that you, you can pretend to be whoever you want to be because your account is fake to begin with. And so it makes perfect sense that if you are seeking to pre- Convince BJP voters, the easiest way to do it is to have your fake accounts pretend to be BJP voters in the first place. And and, and 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 so and so these accounts were were very active in trying to in trying to persuade people in the lead up to the election. Perhaps they wanted to directly persuade people, perhaps they wanted to simply create the idea that many BJP voters were choosing to vote up, so that the, so that the notion seemed more permissionable to people because if you because if you normally vote BJP and you choose to vote for someone else that might feel like a betrayal of your political beliefs but that's so others are doing the same and they hope that makes sense
0: correct correct so basically this was, it was a strategic ploy where inauthentic or fake accounts would pose as BJP voters and say that while they have voted for BJP in the past in the Delhi assembly election they're voting for uh for ARP, and that's something that we heard a lot from the ARP leaders also uh, so, to say. Okay, so of all the networks and accounts uh, that you flagged and reported, Sophie, uh, the account uh, related to Vinod Sonkar, who is uh, uh, MP with the Bhatia Janta Party, BJP, from Koshambi, which is in Uttar Pradesh, there was no action taken against that account and that network. While all the other networks that you had flagged, there was some action taken even though there was a delayed action. So could you just tell our viewers like how the response from within the Facebook was different from say networks related to ARP and Congress, and then the network related specifically to Vinod Sankar, who's a BJP MP.
1: Absolutely. So this was deeply concerning to myself because because when I found these networks of fake accounts in India, the response was fast from from Facebook. But within a few weeks, a month or so, they told they they agreed this is bad. We, we should take all of this down. The decision was made. And they took, and at the time there were, there were four networks, the pro app one had not started yet. And so they took down three of the networks and they had actually forgotten to take down the force And they reminded them and they moved to the force the next day. And and then, but when they were about to take down the force, they stopped because they realized that that one was connected directly to a sitting MP. It was connected, as you say, to the Honorable Vinod Sankar, who represents Kao and was appointed to, lead the, to chair the Standing Committee on Essex which seems suitably ironic to myself. <laughs> A choice similar to appointing Xi Jinping to command Indian arts armies or something. And so, and so as soon as a discovery was made, I could not get an answer from from anyone. It was like talking to stone and, the, and I was I would I, I repeatedly tried to bring it up and received no acknowledgement. I, I would I, I first I first investigated it in greater detail to verify my findings and and, and conclude, yes, this is the account of we Sankar. Yes, it appears that it was it's linked to these fake accounts that is whoever is running his personal account it's also like it's also running these fake accounts it may not be the mp himself it could be a staffer or a family member who has access to his account, I further verified that his account did not appear to be hacked. And, and so it was and so it was like almost certainly the congressman himself, I mean the, the parliamentary Theric. person himself was someone with with, with, with he had authorized with access to his account. So you had you have full
0: proof verification that the activity was indeed linked uh, to the BJP MP.
1: Yeah. Yes. And and to be clear, what I suggested was, what I what I suggested was let us take down the fake accounts and leave the MP alone and not make any public announcement, because I knew that it would be much simpler for Facebook to agree to than doing a non-investigation coupled to an announcement. In contrast, in, in, when, when I found fake accounts it's supporting the Congress in Punjab that were tied to that were tied to the employees, the page administrators of three Congress MLAs, and these then these would be MLAs. And I'm, apologies for mispronouncing their names. These would be MLAs Sham Ar- Arora, Belvinder Singh Ladi, and Arun Dogra. And so, as soon as that discovery was made. Uh, Nat Sukro stepped impersonally and approved the action within eight hours it without even any further investigation by myself any further dis, any further discussion it's it's etc it was it was it was extremely swift yes it, especially compared to the activity in, in Kashambi which <laughs> Facebook never acted on so far so far as I'm aware on. And Shreyfnath Sukro, of course, was the second to Anki Das. While she was public policy manager, he was promoted to public policy manager in and in, 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 in India and headed it from the fall of 2020 to the fall of 2021. I believe he currently has public policy for WhatsApp.
0: WhatsApp, yeah, he's moved to WhatsApp now, yeah.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, for the life of me, I could not understand why Facebook decided that because this, this IT cell was linked directly to an MP, that was reason not to act. For me, that linkage was more reason to act, not less. Like, ultimately, the world that Facebook is building in India seems to be one that favors Facebook's business interests, which are naturally aligned with the government because the government has the ability to cost Facebook by banning it from India, imposing costs on it, or arresting its employees. But I want to be clear. This is not a BJP issue. Every member of the BJP on the I- Understanding Committee on IT voted to hear my testimony on this issue after having my documentation, and they and they greatly respect and acknowledge them for that. The only member of any party in of India who has opposed my party is Honorable Speaker.
0: Correct, and so Sophie. So once one is that when you were flagging these accounts, say linked to Vinod Sonkar, who is a BJP MP. One is you were directly in touch with your colleagues and with your team, uh, in the US office. But just tell us or run us through what was your communication with the Facebook Indian policy uh, team, uh, because Wall Street Journal has reported a lot on how. The public, uh, the public policy officials in India also have been complicit in not acting against inauthentic accounts uh, that are linked with political parties, specifically BJP. So, what was your own experience with, in, specifically in case of Vinod Sonkar? Uh, did you did they stall? Like, what was? Did you speak with the uh, with the officials in the Indian public policy at Facebook?
1: Yes, so I spoke so I spoke with officials in Indian public policy at Facebook. I want to be clear that these were low-level officials. They were not Anki Dash or Savannah Sukro. They were people who were below them who reported in chains that went up to themselves. And I, I had no personal quarrel with themselves and do not think that they were personally biased, but an organization rots from its head. Everyone who has experienced having a boss who disagrees with you can, can, can likely relate to, to the fact that when you disagree with your boss, your boss will that likely get his way. And that is what I believe happened, but I do not personally know. So, so the public policy manager in India, I, I, I did not interact with her very. I did not interact with her very much. I had tried to raise her attention first when I discovered the linkage to an unauthorized account, but she was did not respond at that point. She was likely busy or something of that sort. And so I got I received her attention in late in late January of 2020 after escalate, after escalating the pro app network in, in, in Dundee. And, 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 and Facebook initially was not willing to care but after I presented on the matter and to, to, a, to, a, to a large group of Facebook employees, many of them were understandably concerned by the fact that Facebook was letting this happen and and, and, and the issue was taken up. And so and, and so in response to this pro network app network in Dundee, this public policy report manager, Remarked to me, and I am paraphrasing from memory, but you can see the quotes for for yourself. She, she remarked for, for, to to myself that usually the BJP was best at this sort of activity, but the app seemed to be learning from themselves, and this 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 was quite surprising to myself at the time because I am not an Indian and I had not and I was not as familiar with Indian discourse and activity at the time. So, and so uh, I have gained a lot more knowledge over the past few years from reading the news and et cetera. And so, and so I actually found myself in the position of defending the BJP to her in that I said, I, I, I don't, I, I have not personally seen any evidence for this, but it's, it's possible. It might be, it might be, it, it might, it might also be wrong. <laughs> but 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 this was a sentiment that I had previously heard from others within Facebook India policy. Again, lower level people, not Ankita Swarshaf, not Sukro. Their, their beliefs their beliefs were that the BJP was essentially the pioneer with, with regards to IT cells, and the other f- parties were following to try and catch up. I mean, I mean that it appears to be a popular idea in India. I personally do not have any experience with 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 this idea because I mean I only work on it for a brief period in in late 2019 and during the 2020. And, and when I mentioned the network connected to Vinod Sankar, she said she would look into it and get back to me or something of that sort. She never she never did. I don't know what happened. My personal guess is that she tra- tried asking one of her superiors and they told her to drop the matter, but I do not actually know. Correct. I cannot Correct.
0: read Correct. I, I from, from what you've just told me and from what I've read for myself in the document, it really seems like at least the public policy team at facebook india was more concerned with say creating a level playing field so that everyone can run in authentic networks whereas what they should be doing is to make sure that from a policy standpoint and no one should be allowed to run in authentic networks or it cells uh, but so sophie let me ask you this a lot of people have argued this the way the public policy teams is uh, the way public policy teams are structured in india us and other countries they're supposed to be both the arbiters of the policy where wherever they decide whether or not a certain policy should be implemented and they are also in entrusted to sort of maintain relations with the government with people in the government how much of th- how much of the issue do you think lies here that their role deals with both sort of policing content that is coming from political parties and also maintaining relationship uh, with officials in the government
1: absolutely so I think that really is the crux of the issue, because at Facebook the policy team is charged with both making, deciding what the rules of the platform are, and deciding how they should be enforced and how violations should be punished, and also lobbying governments and politicians and keeping good relationships with them. That is, they serve both the they the function of the Lok Sabha, the, the Rajya Sabha, the, the, the Supreme Court of India and also lobbying governments and politicians, which creates a natural conflict of interest. In, in the Indian judiciary, if a judge is called upon to try, to try a case and it turns out that he is good friends with the defendant, he might be asked to recuse himself to so let someone else take the case. At Facebook, it would be a problem that he was not good friends with the defendant. The case might be assigned to someone who was friends with the defendant instead. And he it would be a sign that he was not doing his job correctly. <laughs> and so this is really the crux of the crux of the crux of the issue. It does not try to avoid conflict of interest. In fact, it actively encourages them and seeks it out. This is not a standard way of doing business in industry, as I understand it. Twitter, for instance, keeps these two dimensions and branches very separate. But but ultimately, an, an organization rots from its head down. And the, and the organization that Mark Zuckerberg has built at Facebook is an organization that does not care about justice. It is one that dispenses justice for the common person and impunity for the bossy and powerful. And that is no justice at all.
0: Correct, correct. It, Um, One of the reasons, Sophie, why there was delay in taking action against networks and accounts that you have identified was, from what I understood was, that there was no content violation, right? Because essentially, these were accounts or networks, where the inauthentic behavior was sort of run manually and not via bots, something for which IT cells are known for. So, for our viewers, could you just make that distinction? Because Facebook has very strict policy when it comes to, say, hate speech and misinformation. But if it's a different thing when, say, like a bunch of fake accounts, are essentially doing the bidding for a political party or a leader. So, for example, in your in in your in your documentation, you've talked about this specific fake profile called Kiran Verma, who, like we were just talking, has has commented on BJP pages and posts, essentially talking about how she had voted for BJP in the past uh, and obviously for the Lok Sabha election, but for the Delhi Assembly election, she's going to vote. Uh, she's going to vote for our Aadmi Party. So these kind of messages or these kind of uh, inauthentic accounts will not be categorized as misinformation or say hate speech uh, or like any content violation. And and from what I understood, what that basically made it a lot more difficult to struck down or basically force uh, violation on these accounts. So A, could you make the distinction between these two things? And B, like how, how did how did this make it different that because these accounts or these networks were driven manually and not by bots or by like systems, uh, it made it a lot more difficult to flag these.
1: Yes. So, so I'm going to break this down and answer these questions sequentially. First, the difference between inauthentic, uh, inauthenticity and, and misinformation and hate speech. So, to the average Indian in person, these might sound very similar, but they're actually completely different and have no relation to each other. Misinformation, hate speech, this is a factor entirely of what is being said. It does not matter who is saying it. Here's an example. Suppose someone says the moon is made out of cheese. This is misinformation, and I hope most Indians can recognize that. It does not matter whether the person who says it is a major politician, a judge, a, a religious leader, a, a guru, a 10-year-old child, or, or an elderly pensioner or someone else. It is still misinformation. It de- depends solely on what is being said. In contrast, inauthenticity is solely a function of who is saying it. It does not matter what is being said, um, except in so much as context. For instance, suppose I set up 10,000 fake accounts on social media to say Hindus are perfectly good people. There is nothing wrong with this statement. However, I'm using fake accounts to say it and thereby drawing out the voices of of the actual people. And so so this is not proper. It is a violation of Facebook's rules and terms of service. And Facebook in this scenario should take down all my fake accounts. And if I complain afterwards, Facebook is censoring my pro-Hindu message. This would be a distraction It because this had nothing to do with what the message was. It had everything to do with the, the means by which I was doing it. To use an analogy, there is nothing wrong with voting for the BJP or the Congress or the or the app or another party. However, if we choose to stuff bandit boxes with fake votes for those parties, then this is terrible and, and it should not be allowed, regardless of what party it is for. Returning back to the to the question, so this was so this was in December of 2019 and January of 2020. I understand that at this point, India was undergoing tumultuous protests and discussions regarding the Citizenship Amendment Act, which was deeply controversial, and so, and and so and so many Facebook employees were focused quite understandably on monitoring and working on hate speech and misinformation around those issues. I completely understand those decisions. My overall disagreements have always been not with the employees who worked difficult hours with insufficient support and had to make those hard decisions, but with the Facebook leadership who failed to allocate enough resources to this area so that they had to make those difficult decisions with not enough support. Because at the end of the day, Facebook makes so much money, there was no reason it could not have hired enough employees to prioritize both at the same time, and that is my ultimate disagreement with Facebook. At the end of the day, and so, anyways, fake, fake accounts—fake accounts are all officially violating under, Indi, under India's, sorry, under Facebook's community standards. But 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 just because something is illegal doesn't mean that it is necessarily enforced that and and sometimes fake accounts are not creating inflammatory engagement or, uh, or can, can fall into this activity. It depends a lot on situation. And that was essentially what happened with these with, with these fake with, with the activity I was finding in, in Delhi and the rest of India. And I hope that makes sense. So
0: Sophie could you tell our viewers that even though say all this fake engagement and fake account, they're essentially not say dabbling into hate speech or misinformation. Why are these fake accounts like a civic harm? Like what is the threat uh, these fake accounts or networks pose to like democracy or online speech? Because for a normal reader or a viewer, they might think, okay, because this is no hate speech, because this is no misinformation uh, by, the, by the definition of it, it it's, it's not a big deal if like a platform like Facebook allows us. So could you make that link to civic harm uh, and, and inauthentic networks uh, like the ones that you reported on?
1: Absolutely. So, so the fundamental harm, a, a, a fake accounts of IT cells, it's simply that it drowns out the voices of the common Indian, of the MADME, that that, that that it does not allow the common person to to voice their opinions because they are drawn out by a sea of inauthentic voices, in the same way that that in the same way that stuffing ballot boxes with fake votes it harms the average indian because if if 10 million indians cast votes but there are 20 million fake votes the voices will not count the, the, the voices will not matter and 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 the fate of the nation will be controlled by a by a group of shady insiders and that is precisely the principle when it comes to it cells and fake accounts there is nothing wrong with being an, act- being an actual former BJP member who supports the app, but, but, when you, but when you have hundreds, thousands of fake accounts saying it, it runs out the voices of the actual voter, just as it, there is nothing wrong with with a real person voting for the BJP, but if you stuff ballot boxes with a million votes for the BJP that are fraudulent, this this, 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 this is wrong, and no one would seriously defend it on the merits, or at least I hope not. Because because fundamentally, democracy can only function when the voices of the people can be heard. Ultimately, the use of IT cells, the use of fake accounts, is a tool that empowers dictators and takes the power away from the hands of ordinary people. Because because, because when unpopular dictators are met, met with mass protests, when the people rise up, as I'm sure many Indians who lived through, for instance, the emergency might remember, they have to. They have to crack down on civil liberties because they can't. Be, because in the because in the real world, there is no way for for a hundred people to pretend to be a million. There is simply no possible way for that to work. But in the online world, that is very easy. If, imagine if the people had tried to rise up during the emergency, only to be met by a group of shady, shady voices that were supporting the government. The emergency might never have ended, and that is the fundamental danger, the fundamental risk of IT cells, that 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 they remove power from the hands of the people and give them to a small group of shady insiders, and there is no guarantee that the people can retrieve that power.
0: Correct, correct. So, Sophie, on the back of your work, you were invited to make a presentation at the Facebook Civic Summit, uh, right? And this was in 2020 to sort of discuss and prepare. Uh, because twenty the first half of 2020 is when uh, USA ha- also had a presidential election. And the, the presentation that you made, the points of those presentation were also that how Facebook often responds to issues around speech, around inauthentic behavior, depending on what is the kind of PR crisis uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's probably going to make. And you've argued how in according in, in that aspect, a lot of times, how Facebook responds to issues in global south and specifically countries like India, it gets deprioritized because the kind of media interest, the kind of public pressure that will be built in, say, European countries or in America will be a lot more than the civic society pressure in countries like India. How much of that sort of plays a role into what happened, at least to the kind of work that you flagged and reported uh, in relation to India?
1: So so you want to recharacterize that, that, that point, because it's not so much that Facebook deprioritizes global South countries. It's that Facebook deprioritizes countries that are not important to its interests. Company countries that are small, not wealthy, not developed, and do not have many friends. Because India is certainly a global, it's it's certainly a global South country, but India is also a very populous country, a very large country. That I believe it may be the country that has the most Facebook users, and so it is very important to Facebook, and so Facebook considers India a top priority. A good example of countries in which Facebook did not give priority would be, for instance, Honduras or Azerbaijan, which are which I am guessing the average Indian has not heard of. Honduras is a Latin American country. In Central America, Azerbaijan is northwest of Iran, south of Russia, and east of Turkey. And and, and 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 so and so in these countries I caught the, I caught each of their governments red-handed, it linked to IT cells run by those governments in order to in order to support the government, harass dissidents, and otherwise support the power of the government, because for instance, Azerbaijan is officially a democracy, but it is a democracy in the same way as North, that North Korea is democratic republic. In twenty thirteen, Azerbaijan managed to officially release election results a day before the actual And so anyways, in both of these cases, even though I had caught the the government's red handed, it took Facebook almost a year to act in the case of Honduras and more than a year to act in the case of Azerbaijan. And this is very different from the response I saw in, for instance, India, which is, though it is a global source country, it is also a large populous and, and relatively the wealthy country that is fairly influential. And so when I found IT cells in India, Facebook face, Facebook, was, was, Facebook acted fairly quickly. I mean, they investigated, verified my findings and agreed to take them, agreed to take them down a, a few weeks, a month after I raised it. And this was a much faster response than I saw in Honduras or Azerbaijan. But the flip side of the importance is that because of the perceived importance of these countries, there is more political influence. And I'm going to, a political interference, I mean, and I'm going to again use Honduras and Azerbaijan as examples being, because in those cases, when they caught the, the governments of those countries red-handed, I mean, Facebook was slow to act. They did not care to act but they eventually did act they took down the fake accounts and they put out press releases in which after verifying my findings in which they said because these governments running networks of fake accounts we took them down they, they were linked to the to the to the Honduran, to the andurian to the government they were linked to the azari ruling party which occupies the same position that the ccp does in the prc and so they, and so because they were not afraid of angering those governments in con in contrast, I'm I'm mean, in, in contrast. But when they found the fake accounts in India, I mean, Facebook acted quickly. But as soon as they found a linkage to a sitting MP from the BJP, yeah. they they, were, they refused to act.
0: I I think uh, Facebook has these cat- categorization also of at risk country, and I think India is like the tier one country. But like you said, Facebook might be willing to respond swiftly. But given the size of the market and given the, uh, given the number of P- Facebook users we have in the country, very likely they're not uh, going to take the right action in fear uh, of counteraction by the government, so so I I, I guess we, yeah. we get that point. No,
1: it, no, that's so no no that's that, that's that's all right. Because ultimately, the priority that Facebook gives isn't the priority to the common person the I'm at me. It is the priority to those in positions of power. Because I mean, I think it's important to remember that Facebook is a company. They don't care about justice or Indian society or Indian democracy any more than Union Carbide cared for the poor people of Bhopal. We don't ask, why doesn't Union Carbide, now Dow Chemical, repay Bhopal? We already know why they won't, because they are in it for the money. And we similarly don't act. why doesn't Philip Morris, the tobacco company, why don't they reimburse the Indian government whenever an Indian gets sick with lung cancer? The very idea is almost a bit funny because it's so unexpected, we expect so little of them, but we do have these high expectations of social media companies. And that is, in a way, due to the very good public relations efforts they they have put into this area, because even though people criticize them, they still imagine and ask questions like, why can't these companies fix themselves? What is wrong? And that is a question that we would never expect to ask for 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 many other companies like like out like but but with these other companies they draw as examples. I mean, for instance, I understand that India heavily fined Union Carbide for its for its disastrous activities on Bhopal. I, I believe the government of India taxes cigarettes and required cigarette manufacturers to print on the label that it will give you cancer, and, and so this is really an area in which the government should, should step in. But the nature of the harm is that Facebook is too solicitory to government that it is biased to support whoever is in power for fear of losing its influence and 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 stake in the market. And so and so this is a very difficult situation as a result, because because if if Facebook was being fair, if Facebook were enforcing its rules evenly then no one would gain an advantage, and it would be possible for political parties in India to outlaw this activity because no one is gaining an advantage. Perhaps you could come together in an arms control treaty the same way that the US and the Soviet Union did. But instead, Facebook's rules favor whoever is in government. And so this is a very difficult situation as a result, because, I mean, it is difficult to ask anyone to give up an advantage that they already possess. I mean, I mean, even if someone is elected on a position of stopping IT cells, they may change their mind once they are elected to office and suddenly they are the ones who benefit from Facebook's solic- solicitousness, not the one who, 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 who Facebook punishes. And so and so and so it would take someone deeply honest with great integrity and and respect for the law to to to, to do this change and that is fr- frankly not something that I will hold my breath waiting for though it is possible as anything is possible and and so as uh, right now I really do not see any any course forward that would, to address this problem other than by the Indian people themselves r- rising up and. So, um, uh, Sophie,
0: before we wrap up, so I think we last uh, spoke in November, which is right when you had went public, uh, and those pieces got published in Whistleblower. And Before we started the interview, you were uh, talking about how you, while you've become more adept at uh, managing media, you still don't have a, a uh, PR company or a PR manager to manage all these communication. Just tell me how has your life like uh, been since then? Has, how has it been upturned? I know you're still not working uh, with any of the companies uh, uh, if, I, if I'm right. Tell me how has your life changed and uh, what has your experience been uh, uh, dealing with media and like how has that changed? Uh, uh, you as someone who really deeply covers uh, and cares about these issues.
1: Yeah, it's frankly been a bit exhausting. I mean I've been working I've been working with dozens of Indian reporters for, for this and I'm sorry to Indian reporters, but it's frankly a bit like herding cats. <laughs> I I'm I i Is it like, because you have I, to spoon have a- feed a lot? I, I'm not going to further elaborate on that i but like I, I frankly understand m- much better now why people feel the need to get publicists. I mean I did I did try briefly, but I mean I've, by, by now you've probably noticed I've developed a a, 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 new, a new style in which I'm fairly candid, I'm fairly open. I don't speak from scripts. I, I speak to almost everyone who acts who who asks and that is most of these are, Points that the publicist would not recommend. Um, for, for 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 instance, one of the publicists I spoke to, she, she, she said she'd be happy to work with me, but I but she, she had she's had a few conditions that she thought would be important for me to agree to, and one of them would be, for instance, her having the right to turn down interviews with small outlets that were not sufficiently important, so that she could save them as scoops for the bigger outlets and exclusives, and and I disagreed with, and that was the point of disagreement between us. I mean, I mean, if I were, if I were doing it all over again from the start, I might have considered doing it that way. But by now, I've sort of gotten attached to my to my, to my way of being fairly candid. Though I have to say that that approach is working out much better for Frances Hogan than for the, than my approach is working out for me. I think it offers something of value, though, to have us coming at the same issue from such different angles. Sometimes I see people looking at Frances Hogan and saying she's too prepared. She she she's she's too too scripted and polished, she has a ready answer for everything, and she doesn't, and she almost never sh- speaks, and she almost never speaks to anyone. And then they, she, they look at myself and say, she, She's not prepared enough, she doesn't have a publicist, she doesn't have a speech, she stutters over her words and has a bad accent. Why she doesn't have a team or anyone? Why does anyone even trust her? Like, ultimately, some people will find anything to criticize about the speaker because what they really hate is the message.
0: Correct, correct. Um, No, but thank you so much, Sophie, for for your courage and for all the work uh, that you've put in. I deeply uh, admire the kind of courage and the kind of annotations and uh, examples you've put in the documentation to make it easier uh, for journalists to make sense of what the documentation is about. Uh, I really hope uh, your work with the Indian media helps put uh, more pressure uh, on the Lok Sabha speakers and if not that at least there is more awareness within the Indian public so that they can ask difficult, difficult questions uh, to their elected representatives and other politicians in general. Uh, thanks
1: again for doing this. Absolutely thank you very much it's a pleasure to speak with yourself and the Indian people. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform.
0: Please subscribe to News Laundry help us keep news independent